Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves picks a current article or news topic, and we explore it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in deep to help you understand the psychology behind the headline. And we like to say that the specific topic that stimulates us to have this conversation is current, but the insights are timeless. Timeless as in the way our brain process difficult data inputs, like optical illusions, Tim? Oh, definitely, Kurt. Our brains take shortcuts when presented with lots of potentially conflicting data. It happens in humans as well as other animals, like lions. Mm. So when we read Robbie Berman's article on BigThink.com called Eyes Painted on Cow Butts Thwart Lion Attacks, well, got me thinking about how humans process complex inputs. Are you sure it wasn't just because you really <laughs> liked the title, Eyes Painted on Cow Butts? I mean, I, that's awesome. Who doesn't but like yeah, that? <laughs> but yes, the article is about lions not preying on cattle when cattle have eyes painted on their butts. How yeah, cool so is that? It's pretty awesome. So let's talk about that, Kurt. What we learned is that lions are what are called ambush predators. And that means that they want the easiest kill possible, where they don't have to chase speedy animals across the open ground for long periods of time. They want to come up on an unsuspecting animal and pounce on it quickly. Basically, they want to put out the smallest amount of effort for the biggest reward. Sounds like a lot of my friends. <laughs> well, we are always calculating how to accomplish something with the least amount of effort. Are you saying there might be something we can learn from eyes painted on cow's butts about people? <laughs> Definitely. That's that's the point. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the article, Cow Butts Are Painted With Eyes, uh, and how it might apply to the human condition. Okay. So uh, ranchers in, uh, in Africa are having trouble with losing their cattle to lions, right? The lions like to eat cattle, so they prey on them. They're okay. easy, right? They're, They're easy, easy, easy things to, to prey on. Slow, sluggish, not very smart. Cows are just not all that bright. I'm sure that they're bright enough to try to avoid lions. But uh, and uh, so they and and the the ranchers can't just kill the lions because the lion population is is on the decline in Africa. So if they're going to the ranchers are going to try to save their cows, they're going to have to figure out some other way than just killing the lions. Right. So so they paired up with some researchers and they decided that they would paint eyes on the butts of the cows to make it appear that the cattle are facing the lions as they approach from the rear. So, in other words, we're taking an optical illusion and putting it on a cow's butt, and that's going to trick these lions, again, as we talked about, because they're ambush predators and they want to sneak up on their quarry. And if they're looking at the behind of a butt when there's an eye on it, they just assume that, oh, those are the eyes. Exactly. So they decided to set up an experiment, right? So in the first condition, they had 835 cows that were left in the fields with nothing painted on them. 15 of those were killed by lions. Okay. So, so ra rather sad account for those, for those cows. Okay. But in the second condition, they had 530, 543 cows that they just painted a cross on their on their butts. So they they wanted to find out, well, does it have to look like an eye or can it just be any marking? And they found that four of those cattle were killed by lions. Okay. So, so not as many, 
uh, as, as in the first condition, but still some. And then in the last condition, they had 683 cows that had eyes painted on their rumps. And what do you think the results were? Zero. Exactly. Exactly. So the cool thing is that the eyes actually made a difference. And by the way, eyes are seen in lots of animals that have big predators like like butterflies and moths and reptiles, reptiles fish, yeah. all of those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how does this then relate to us as humans, Tim? Uh, come on. Painting eyes on our butts isn't going to you know, stop the lions from chasing us. Well, as you teed up, it's an optical illusion, right? And we... Our, we suffer from optical illusions, uh, as just like the like just like the lion did. And the interesting thing is that what we discover in the brain is that an optical illusion is really just too much information for our brain to process. So our brains make up a story by basing it on just a small portion of all the inputs. Right. So if we're looking at a drawing and we see two lines that meet in the distance uh, that look like a railroad track, and we put two equal lines across those lines, the one further away, because we are accustomed to seeing things in 3D, uh, to our brain appears longer, even though those two parallel lines that we put on there are the same same uh, length. Uh, but it's really hard for our brain to process that because it has takes that shortcut that says, hey, things in the distance, if they look similar in size, they're actually much larger because that's the way the world really works. Yeah. And so thus and we have some optical illusions from that. Right. And it's a, it's a good thing that we have that processing power, right? That we that we rely on that that heuristic, right? That shortcut. We're making a little mental shortcut to say when we see those those two lines that start out wide and 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 get closer together, that we're looking at something in the distance. And so that we, we rely on that to make really good decisions. But typically the world has got so much input where it's sort of like taking a sip from a fire hose when it mm. comes to how we're going to process that. So our brain has to be selective and to tell us a story. All right. So we have optical illusions. Our brain takes shortcuts around what we see. So what? What What? What? what does this actually mean? Our, our brains fool us? They do. As Lori Santos would say, they lie to us. Ah. And, and the problem is that this happens not just in optical illusions, but in cognitive illusions. And that's why we wanted to talk about this. So what I hear you saying is that this just this happens uh, in how we actually make decisions and how we think about things, the cognitive aspect of our brains. And we fall for, again, these illusions of the brain that influence how we are seeing and believing and acting upon things. Exactly, exactly. And so there's some well-documented well documented heuristics along okay. these lines, right? The heuristic being that 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 rule of thumb or that shortcut, that mental shortcut, and and I know that you've got some favorites, Kurt. So so why don't you why don't you start by by teeing up one of your your favorite uh, heuristics? So one of my all time favorites, and actually it's actually my least favorite one because I think it is so detrimental, is confirmation bias. Right, the tendency uh, for us to interpret or focus and remember information in a way that confirms our pre-held beliefs. And the, the aspect of this that is so underlying is this is that we don't even realize it's happening. It's just like that optical illusion. We, we, our brain just processes this and we go, oh, 
this actually is an article that I believe, not because we go, oh, it, it reconfirms a pre-held belief, but just because we think, oh, this is actually something that's really important. And vice versa, if it disconfirms something that we believe, we actually go, ooh, this isn't. So, you know, I need to put more, uh, be more skeptical about this, or I will discount this, or I will find some reason. And again, it isn't at that conscious level. It's actually at a subconscious level of how our brains process this information. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, so many experiences when I've looked back and said, oh my gosh, I was excluding information. I was I was just going along with that unconsciously, but I was definitely not aware of it at the time. Yeah, and so I think that is one of those pieces. And if you look at the world that we live in today and you think about uh, the news that comes out and how people respond to news or scientific information, uh, a number of things from vaccine vaccines to mask wearing to, uh, you know, the intent of, of certain individuals, depending upon their political party, there's a number of these things that, that are really messing with the actual empirical evidence that's out there. And we interpret things through that lens, that confirmation bias lens. So what's another, what's a, what's another heuristic for you, Tim, that, that you find interesting? One of my favorites is the availability heuristic. And, and it's so vivid to me that several years ago, I bought a car and was driving it off the lot and had been searching for several weeks to decide which model I was going to get and which car. And, and then I finally decide. And I noticed that after I drove that car off the lot, just on the way home, I saw, I just kept seeing more, more of these cars, the very same model. It was a, a Mini Cooper. And yeah. I kept seeing Mini Coopers all over the place on the road. It's like, holy cow, when did they pop up? And that was the availability heuristic just taking action on me to to say, guess what? There's this vividness now about being in my brand new Mini Cooper. And I now it, what's most available to me is seeing more of them, even though the population of Mini Coopers that day only changed by one. <laughs> having me on the on the road and and that's an incredibly powerful heuristic right and it, and it happens too in like performance reviews for people when they're looking at an annual performance review what gets what gets noted in that is the things that have happened more recently so you could have done a fantastic thing back in january but uh in that performance review whether it's a six-month review or an annual review what your manager notices and even what you note down are more recent things because they're easier to come to your memory. They're, they're, they're more available to you in processing that information. When in fact, if you're trying to get a good assessment of the overall year, you should be going back to January, February, March of the year uh, in order to make sure that you have fully uh, captured all of those facets that are driving that performance. Yeah, so availability heuristic is really uh, uh, difficult there when we think about that. Yeah. Do you have one more? Yeah, yeah, the last one we can talk about. Obviously, there's there's hundreds of these, and and they're all really interesting. Uh, and and what's interesting about them is that they 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 are pretty predictable in how they operate, right? And that's the the power of these. Obviously, there's individual differences in how they they show up, but we know in average that they work. Uh, this the last one is this fundamental attribution error, which is uh, well documented. But it's the tendency for people to overemphasize personality-based explanations for b behaviors observed in others, uh, while underemphasizing the role and power of situational influences on that same behavior. So, in other words, you know, 
somebody, uh, the other salespeople wins an award and people go, oh, it's, they, they won the award because, you know, the, the manager likes them or they're a suck up or other things. And they don't attribute it to all the hard work that that person put in. Um, and it's really one of these aspects that is uh, quite pervasive around this and we find it you know we we don't necessarily look for the situational components and it works on the positive aspect right where we discount people's effort uh when they get positive results but it also acts on the on, on the other side so when there's negative results you know all right that person didn't make their sales numbers or sales quota hey that's because they're lazy they, they're not a very good salesperson and it doesn't impact the fact that hey you know the situation arose maybe they're they're top uh, salesperson or, you know, buyer retired and they, they got, you know, an, a whole new buying committee in there where if that would have happened to you, you would have definitely attributed that to extenuating circumstances. But when it happens to somebody else, we kind of discount that. Yeah. And that's a great example of where there is sort of too much information for us to easily process. So we rely on this rule of thumb, this heuristic to zero in on a story that makes sense to us with the least amount of effort. And it's all done unconsciously. Rory Sutherland recently said, he said, there is, quote, there is, after all, a good reason why humans have evolved decidedly unscientific instincts for decision making. In the messy world we inhabit, the facts that are available are usually not important, and the facts that are important are usually not available. And, and again, uh, Rory is, is a fantastic thinker on, on this, uh, but I think he simply just really describes that wonderfully with that quote. Yeah, ab absolutely, Kurt. I, I couldn't agree more. All right, Tim, let's wrap this up. So we okay. started off this discussion about how lions are tricked by eyes painted on cow's butts and how their <laughs> brains don't do the work of figuring exactly what's happening they take shortcuts. When the lion sees an eye, it must mean that the animal is looking at them. Yeah. And at the same, that's the same thing as we humans do. Our brains look for the easiest way to explain complex things. And because of that, we make up stories. And we do this all the time under lots of different circumstances. And oftentimes it's happening. In fact, most of the time it's happening unconsciously. Right. And some of these situations are important. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with inputs and rely on heuristic uh, to keep our busy lives moving forward. We can rely on the default order at a fast food restaurant to help us make a quick decision when more deliberation won't necessarily bring us greater satisfaction. However, there are times when we might be better off slowing down our decision making, like when we're listening to the news and we hear a broadcaster say something that confirms our previous beliefs, we might be better off taking our time to gather more inputs and thinking things through more carefully. Of course, we have all of the links to all of the sources and references in the show notes, so please help yourself to them. Go and do a little bit more research. Particularly if this uh, really seems to confirm a pre-held belief that you already have, <laughs> maybe you should check it out a little bit more. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment. It really, really take a moment and just leave us a five-star review. It really does help. And let us know what you think. We appreciate you listening. And so with that, go out and have a great week. 